Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey, if you joined us on last week's podcast of Rooted Deep, you may have heard the interview with Morgan and Jared Cooper. Well, today we pick up with that interview and I can't wait to hear the rest of the story as we see the goodness and the grace of God in their lives. So let's go. Um, and the first word she said to me was, um, are you in a place where you can have a seat and, and chat? And I'm like, she's telling me to sit down. (laughs) This is, this is serious. And it wasn't what I thought she was going to say. I thought she was going to say, we have a referral for your child or children. We were actually approved for siblings at that time, um, in Haiti. And here's the next step. And instead, she said, would you guys ever consider, these were her exact words, would you guys ever consider a concurrent international adoption process? And I said, sister, I know we're two years into this, but I have no idea what that means. (laughs) I think I know what it means, but I'm like, this, you can't be saying what I think you're saying. And she said, yeah, two international adoptions at one time. And I said, No. (laughs) Is there like a two for the price of one? Are we talking about like a neighboring country? Are we talking about, you know, like, um, and just that the day before I had a family member tell me um, at a family event, she said, Morgan, you need to stop asking God for children and you need to start thanking God for the children he's going to give you. 24 hours before this conversation, um, an aunt said that to me. And so, and so long story short, she then said, we have this little, we have some waiting, a waiting list in the country of Columbia. And these are kids who are, are in desperate need of families because of, um, medical situations or things like that. Um, And we have a waiting list and there's a little guy on that list that we think would be the perfect fit for your family. Would you guys consider taking a look at his file? And I was like, Columbia. And of course I'm doing geography in my head and she's like, South America. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. So South America not being on, you know, and just a couple of days, I mean, within a week, right. I mean, we said, yes to pursue a second international adoption um and because of his situation um it was november 2017 when we or when we traveled to columbia and so we um he was home by thanksgiving that year um again columbia happened out of nowhere And we tell everyone that God gave us Silas to sustain us. Um, And and also gave us the gift of another culture and another global perspective that we had not yet experienced, which increased our experience of God's global glory. And we experienced God in Columbia like we had not experienced him before. And I have a little uh, side note to put in there. I don't know who's listening to this, um, but just from a male perspective here, 
I mean, adoption is not cheap. Uh, and that was a huge hurdle for me just in the beginning of how much it was going to cost and how much we were going to have to raise. And, sure. uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's like, how big do you think your God is? It's mm -hmm. kind of what do you have to mm -hmm. battle with? Like, are we going to be able to do this? And looking back, I, that's why I know God had us go on these mission trips that we went on, you know, cause you have to raise money for those trips and you, and, and, uh, you, your, your faith builds as you see God provide and, and make a way for those things to happen. And then the adoption comes and it's like, Whoa, that's a lot more money. How is this ever going to happen? But okay, God will do it. And so, you know, here I am proud of myself for, for getting to the point where, okay, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're just going to, we're just going to go with it. And then all of a sudden this phone call happens and now it's, now it's two mm -hmm. <laughs> right. uh, at the same time. And, uh, you know, and, and this, this sweet woman right here, uh, I'll never forget. She, she said, we can't let money be the reason why we say no to this. Yeah. And because I also had friends telling me a sweet friend, and I'm going to make sure she listens to this podcast because she would look me in the face and say, it's just paper to God. It's all his. It's just paper to God. So if if there's if there's a guy out there listening to this that uh, they're they're thinking about adoption but they just don't know how uh, God will do it, yeah. he will do it, uh, and it's it's easy for him, mm -hmm. and it will blow your mind how he does it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And if if there's a woman listening to this, you know, tell your husband to listen to it uh, because <laughs> it's true. You know, yeah. God yeah. owns the one a thousand hills, and and he will he will blow your mind and how he yeah. provides. So I just yeah. wanted to throw that in there. Cause that, that was, that was the, the, the hurdle that I had to get over uh, for that process um, of, of accepting the Columbia thing yeah. was uh, how in the world are we going to do this with food? Yeah. So, uh, but God was good. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So I know we've talked, I know you've talked a little bit about the, some of the challenges, but I know you guys had, there were so many things that went up and down. So what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced? And Morgan, the answer for you might be different than Jared, the answer for you. But what were, you know, maybe hear from both of you a little bit, but what what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced going through this process? Um, I know for me, we um, came home two days before Thanksgiving with sweet Silas. And here I am experiencing um, motherhood like I, I had never experienced before. And this little guy, because of his medical needs, I mean, we were, he was two years old and I'm, I'm very, we're happy to share this part of his story. Um, two years old, but um, in 12 month clothes and not walking yet. Um, and so the challenge and definitely the hurdles is like, um, you know, those, those, how God, will give you what you need when you need it. Um, but I had just met this little person. And then all of a sudden, I was responsible to mother him and nurture him and not even fully understand his medical needs, physical needs, emotional needs, you know, so feeling so unequipped, but just so in the moments where I felt the most um, unequipped or unsure um, just to do what I felt, you know, that was what a mother would do and to see God and God like bless that, even though it was, um, there is nothing magical about the experience. 
when I say they handed, we met, we, we met these little boys and made a choice to parent them. And they, you know, it, you know, they, they adopted us in a lot of ways too, you know, um, they made the choice to trust us and they're still making that choice every day, you know, to, to choose to trust us. Um, and so for me, definitely it was, um, and that's part of the timeline too, because that was 2017 Thanksgiving and in May, 2018. So we are six months into experience life with Sonny Silas and we get a referral from Haiti, um, which is the thing we've been waiting on for just the beginning. since the beginning. Yeah. In May of 2018, we received um, Deacon's referral, um, and Haiti at that time required a socialization trip. Um, and so the three of us, the Cooper crew party of three, um, with this new little baby boy from Colombia with unique needs, um, experienced Haiti for the first time as a family of three and spent time there. And our time in Haiti, um, we were there for two weeks and that was in the summer of 2018. I am honest to goodness. It, I think about it every single day. Um, even still today, um, I had, ex we had both experienced many things internationally. Um, uh, but those two weeks, um, impacted us in ways we did not fully understand or know. Um, and then when we left those two, so we spent two weeks with Deacon and then um, the timeline was he, we would travel back four to six months after that socialization meeting. So when we left Haiti without Deacon, the plan and the was expectation. expectation was to hopefully have him home by Christmas, 2018. Um, and while we were in Haiti, um, the political instability increased while we were even in country um the fact yeah it there i still to these to this day am processing in a healthy way um what we experienced there and how we hold that place and that culture and the people so dear um and um but when we left i would tell you the hardest moment for me was sitting on the airplane in Port-au-Prince getting ready to take off with Silas asleep in my lap and Deacon still, um, thank goodness, being cared for, but being um, left there. Mm -hmm. And of course, now I grieve that in a different way because I only had known Deacon for a few hours every day for two weeks. But now as his mom, I look back in that moment and I'm like, how did I do that? How did I, you know, but then I know that God put Silas, I don't know, Silas did something for me in that moment that allowed me to, to let the plane take off. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, and then knowing, and we had suitcases packed. Our social worker told us it could be, you know, four to six months at the most. Um, until we would travel back to Haiti to bring him home. Um, but as if, if you know anything, and I know Alec, like the political instability and things that happened in Haiti over those next few months were just, 
when I did, we thought we couldn't hear any worse news about the people there. I just couldn't, we couldn't believe what we were hearing. And um, so. It ended up being a, a, a year and a half. Yeah, so a year and a half. And because of our incredible team at Lifeline and our incredible team in Haiti, um, we um, he was actually escorted by a Haitian lawyer who had worked with us from the beginning um, to the Atlanta airport on Christmas Eve 2019. Mm. So we had not seen him in 18, almost yeah. 18 months. Yeah. Um, and so when he, we saw him on Christmas Eve, 2019, he was a totally, he wasn't a baby anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he was a, he was a little boy. Um, and we had been able to keep in touch via, you know, whatever screens. Um, but as far as just him understanding, um, so I would say for me, um, that 18 months while becoming, while, while becoming a mom for the first time and, and being a parent to Silas. Um, and also mentally parenting and mothering Deacon, who was not in my physical care. Um, I, I think about in the Old Testament when Moses' mama put, put him in the basket. Oh. Yeah. And every day I would envision that. That's why, I, yeah, but all that to say what it means to just surrender and how he cares for the birds and the flowers. And I knew he was caring for my boys, in, mm. whether they're in my care, physical care, or not in my physical care, whether he was in another country or if he was Silas and in the next room, that God was sovereign mm. over their little lives, regardless of my um, ability to care for them in those moments. Wow. How about you, Jared? What, what would you say were some... Uh, you know, challenges for you? You know, it, the process was, you know, how many times in scripture do you see wait on the Lord? <laughs> yeah. Um, and nobody likes waiting, but you know, there, there were so many times when ball was in our court, you know, here's something you guys need to do. Uh, and so we, we didn't waste any time, you know, it's like, okay, we'll go do it. And we did it, submitted it. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time at the uh, at the FedEx store uh, shipping things off, and then then it was okay. Now the ball's in their court, and mm. now it's wait, 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 wait until uh, they tell us the next thing that we need to do. And um, I, I'm so thankful for all the people that would consistently ask us, mm-hmm. you know, how's the process going. Mm. Um, any updates? And, yeah, any updates. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard it once, we heard it a thousand times. Uh, and, you know, how many times we just had to say, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, nothing, nothing, nothing right now. Uh, and, you know, it, and, and I know they were genuine, but it, it also made it a little harder, just honestly, just speaking mm-hmm. honestly here of, you know, just of how much was not in our control. And, yeah. Yeah. but like I said, we also had to change our our focus and perspective of okay since we are waiting okay while we're waiting what are we going to do and, do we, and wait we, we have to prepare and we have to uh trust and we have to uh we, you know we read lots of books and we went to conferences and we you know we just learned as much as we could but um 
that was hard uh, for me on this because I was I was the I was in charge of the paperwork. Morgan was the the fundraising queen. Yeah. And uh, so that was our our role. And um, yeah, uh, the 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 waiting. You know, it's like why can't we just go and and get them and bring them home? I don't right. understand. Yeah. And, and you. We really struggled when knowing how to, when navigating conversations and questions, like when to educate mm. others about the adoption process, when to advocate, and when to, um, as far as like people who do not have a global perspective or haven't experienced international work or um, government involvement or how to show and honor and value another culture. Again, different doesn't mean bad. So just because they did things differently in this country doesn't mean they did them badly or horribly. It's just different. Mm -hmm. Um, And in our efforts to do it well and do it right, it looked differently <laughs> than what maybe we think for something as simple as one office that we needed a signature for literally ran out of paper, mm-hmm. literally ran out of paper. So when they give that, you know, for us to say to our friends and family, our community mm. here that we're trying to, you know, give, invite them into an experience that God may not have for them. That, you know, and so how do we wait well and in that, you know, educate others, advocate for these other, you know, cultures that are different than ours and um, knowing how and when to do that while emotionally being healthy ourselves. (laughs) And so... um, And God used that time, honestly, um, we tell every, I mean, the, the journey to become, to becoming parents, um, has made us better parents. It prepared us for parenting the boys. So like, it's like, oh, and then he came home on Christmas Eve and, you know, and then three months later, 2020 COVID Mm -hmm. happened. So that's part of like when you ask the question about community and people who walked with us for six years of this process, you know, he comes home and the world shuts down. down. And we have these two little boys in this tiny little, you know, little, you know, 1100 square foot house. And they're, they're strangers to each other, um, as you know, figuring out who's who and what this world looks like and what family looks like. Um, and so it was very difficult, <laughs> um, as far as just, you know, community and what that looks like. And that did for everyone. I'm sure everyone has a different perspective of community post 2020. Right. Yeah. They did pre 2020. Yeah. Um, and so it's something that we always wanted to, um, to, show the value and never um and always honor their plate their countries of birth Mm -hmm. um the people who we worked with um the our experiences there um because they're a part of they're a part of our story they're a part of our story yeah that's powerful you know several years ago 
um, pre, you know, pre COVID. So it's been several years before that there was a huge trend and I, you guys may remember this, but it seemed like there was a huge trend to just go adopt everybody. Everybody I talked to was like, adopt, we're going to adopt, we're going to adopt, we're going to adopt. And, you know, I think people, when they hear the stories, I think it's so important. Adoption is not something that you do, that you try out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. This is not something you do on a whim. Uh, mm. It's not something, and yet it's something that God uses in a powerful way. But can you guys speak into that a little bit? Mm. Because I think, you know, there's still that element out there that's like, you know, almost romanticizes the idea of we're going to go adopt. And yet this is, this is the hard, brutal work. Mm. Well, I, it, we've had so many people, it, it surprises me in, in a way of how many people that I didn't realize were watching our story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think if I had known maybe in the moment, how many people, it would have made me a little bit more nervous, but um, you know, God has, and this is nothing to do with us, but you know, just what God has done has used our story to, uh, you know, impact other people's stories as well. Uh, we have dear, or their approach. Yeah, I was yeah. just I was going to bring up, you know, there's some dear friends of ours uh, who uh, just yesterday mm-hmm. um, traveled to go get a sibling group and uh, they they like us uh, did not prevent, you know, having biological children and uh, God did not have that in, in their story either or uh you know at least for the time being and uh have told us that you know the reason that they pursued domestic adoption was was from watching our story and uh so we've had the privilege of walking through that with them and and helping Mm -hmm. to uh share the ups and the downs because they've seen it uh, because they lived they lived it with us right uh, and we've been able to uh just walk with them uh, through that. Mm-hmm. And now after a very long journey for them, even on the, the domestic side, uh, now they went from just the two of them to now there's five in their home yeah. uh, and they just got home yesterday. So it, it's still fresh. Uh, and, and that's just one of several, I think, mm-hmm. uh, stories of God, how God has used uh, what we've been through uh, to impact uh, their stories as well. And I think just the key of what you said about being honest in the fact that there's no, um, it's not like miraculous in the fact or magical in the fact, like nothing, like there are choices made every single day and we call it like the hard, heavy, holy work. And I mean, my friends that are our friends that are also parents, you know, we, as far as our approach to parenting, um, how we parent our boys, so much so is through the lens of trauma and there are hard places. And if you're, you know, we make sure to tell people, you know, when you choose to parent a child from, from hard places, you are, that is a lifelong, lifelong, hard decision. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, you know, and it is every day. You know, just like I mentioned the boy, we've mentioned the boys' birthdays, how how they, their actual birthdays, we're starting to see how like, that is not, 
that's a hard, a hard day, mm-hmm. you know, like they're actual birthdays and what that means and the conversations we have around that. And as they get older, they are going to feel probably every year, just like I talked about grieving different things in different ways. And I didn't know how to grieve. That's going to be true for them. Yeah. As they grow, they're going to grieve different things about their story as they grow. And as parents, we've made the choice to to grieve with them in that mm-hmm. and to shepherd that and steward that in a way that allows God to to redeem the broken places. And mm-hmm. so we tell people, I mean, you enter our house, it does not take long or even our neighbors in our neighborhood, like as far as just experience, like when we say different isn't bad, you know, Um, but in in hard, I say that often, like hard doesn't equal bad because there are hard moments and, and it's, and it, and I don't know, it's one of those things too. There's no doubt that if, if you as a couple and as a family make that choice, God will make it clear and he will, he will, It'll either be what it as it should be, or it won't. As far as being able to, I I laugh going back to what you said about you know it was just kind of trendy uh, for oh, people, yeah. and you hear you heard it a bunch. Yeah. You know, I, I laugh because going back to just my mental my thoughts at the beginning of this process, you know, I'm thinking of oh well we'll we'll get this child in our home, and you know they're they're going from. Uh, an orphanage to our wonderful home and everything's going to be better, you know, and everything's yeah. going to be great. And, and instead, and, we and just so made it more to me, to me, it was, <laughs> well, the hard part for me is just, we got to get them here. Uh, and so the, the waiting and the paperwork and, and, you know, the finances and the fundraising, like to me, that was where my focus was because uh, when they come home, now we're a family and now it, you know, the hard part is over and now we'll get us just, a white picket fence and, and I think and we'll try to fit in. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I fear that there's, I'm not the only one in that, that, that people think, yeah. oh, well we have this, you know, maybe, maybe they have biological children, but we're just going to add on this oh, adopted yeah. child and, and now we'll, we'll be complete and everything's going to be fine when uh, all the, we started to read these books and, and to think like, no, that's, that's when the hard we're, we're we're taking a child from everything that they know to a country with a language they do not speak, uh, and everything is new, and that's that's when the hard part begins. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know, like I said, you know, God's grace is sufficient, and thank God that we had what little preparation we had on the front end to be able to. Um, you know, and we have conversations even with our five-year-old uh, about where he came from, and he can tell you that he is from Haiti, and he he can tell you that Silas is from Colombia, and he, um, we have no idea what he remembers, uh, but we know that as he grows older, we will continue to have more and more conversations about um, about his story, and yeah. uh, and we want to be we want to steward that well, as mm-hmm. Morgan has said. Yeah. That's just that's really powerful, and I wanted to say thank you first of all for you guys being willing to come on here and to share your story. Uh, number one, I think obviously there are people listening that may be sitting right where you're at, whether they're in their journey of trying to have children and they've not been able to have children yet, or whether they're in an adoption process right now and they're wading through that. And this is really going to resonate with them in a real personal and intimate way. But also, I think you know 
there's people out there and their story is totally different. Mm-hmm. But the truth that you've shared about who God is and how God works through different is not bad. Mm-hmm. And hard is not bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, those are truths that lay across thousands of storylines, whether that be an adoption storyline or whether it be, you know, a marriage storyline or whether it be a difficulty in a relationship of something else or a job or whatever. So I know that there's people listening today that have been encouraged by that story. And um, we always love to end with these rapid fire questions. But right before we do that, I do want to ask you one question that I think will be great to kind of bring this and tie this up. And that is, what would you say to someone listening right now who is in that, is in that decision-making process or is in that struggle with adoption right now, or is in that place of, of, of battling some of the things that you've talked about today. If, if they were to look at you right now and you could hear their voice say, talk to me, what would you say? Okay. Yeah. I would say suit up. And when I say suit up, I mean armor up. Mm-hmm. And I mean the full armor of God. Um, we underestimate the enemy. We underestimate when we open our the open hands, the whatever, whenever, however God surrender prayer. Like we underestimate what the enemy, how he wants to destroy and discourage. Mm-hmm and make you feel discontent and make you doubt and um that on maybe not even just every day but moment by moment stay as as we know and as you girls encourage us to do like suit up in order to be you know stand firm Mm -hmm. and be and be rooted deep as far as scripture goes because as we all know regardless of the you know, regardless of, and I'll go back to that because that has been my, you know, regardless of how I feel, because your feelings are going to be all over the place on the daily. <laughs> um, <laughs> regardless of what I feel, what do I know to be true? Mm-hmm. And you only know truth if you are, you know, you seek it, you'll find it, you'll find me when you search with your whole heart, you know, and that is through scripture memorizing scripture. Um, and, um, and, you know, I told Jared, you know, it, maybe it would look different and people would have a different approach to many things instead of, you know, the Christmas card that everyone's waited for to have the whole, the the whole Cooper crew on Mm -hmm. it. It is like us in like armored up (laughs) going (laughs) as far as the reality of the, the hard, and the approach taken on the daily when it comes to the enemy wanting even today um, to to put those little voices of doubt in our in our boys' minds yeah. and and wanting to protect that and us as our marriage and as you know we get older and we're grieving things in a different way. Um, but regardless of season or situation, um, being suited up and rooted in truth. Sure. I would say something very similar to that. And this is a conversation that I had recently with with a dear friend of mine, uh, how these stories and these situations, they they challenge what we believe and we can easily get discouraged when we 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 have a head knowledge of what the Bible says. And and we may say that we believe it. But, you know, I go back to that verse. It's like I believe, but help my unbelief. 
Uh, and, um, you know, do we really believe it? You know, it's like we, we know the truth. We know that, that God says he's got it, that he's in control. Um, but then the situations and the circumstances of our story just keep challenging that and keep pushing against that. And we have to just keep going back and be grounded in, okay, I believe it. I just don't believe it well enough yet. And, and I just got to keep working on that and growing in that and that God will uh, continue to build your faith um, in his word and what he said to be true. So during that time, uh, continue to grow, continue to pursue him and, and that he will grow your faith in it. And I've got to say, sweet Jared here, he's very quick on the daily to help us um, like eternal versus temporal mm-hmm. yeah. on the daily. Um, the hard, the different, the weird, whatever, um, the decisions, the choices, um, what's eternal, mm-hmm. what's temporal, and then how to, in order to like stay focused on mm-hmm. and not be so defeated or discouraged or overwhelmed by, by temporary things that God, you know, we're doing eternal work and, and God will redeem all things, all broken places and spaces, um, and he he's so good as to lead our family in a way that's you know we're you know we value the eternal things over over the temporal yeah that's good wow that's been so good wow this is good uh well it almost feels like we need to pray instead of going to rapid fire questions (laughs) uh you know i feel like maybe giving it feels like the wrong time to do something fun wrong time to talk about favorite movies But But I think it's, yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important to realize that we can, this is life. We can, like, we don't, we're not switching gears. Um, So when we go into rapid fire questions, we're not, not being spiritual. We're just getting the full, we're getting the full view because I think I used to say this, I used to downshift into spiritual and then I, you know, and, and, and I think that's part of all of our lives are because of the Holy spirit, all of our lives are connected. Um, and everything is spiritual. You don't, you're not, you're, hopefully you're not just spiritual in church. And if you are just spiritual in church on Sundays, then you're not rooted deep. And so you can be spiritual in your, you can be spiritual in your jokes and in your, and your rapid fire questions and whatever. And you can't so, fool your people. You can't fool your people. Fool your people. And no. our people listening to this, they'll call us out. If they, they, they <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so anyway, yeah, we like, like Reba said, we do want to, we do want to end with these, these questions because we want everybody to get to know you better. You've been honest and vulnerable. Um, and, and some, some people might think, oh, wow, they're awesome. I can't be like that. Well, yeah, you can, you probably share the same favorite movie. So we'll, 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 we'll start with the first question. Um, besides the Bible, what book has impacted you? What are y'all reading right now? Maybe, or a good book? Oh, that sounds spiritual, though. But <laughs> um, a, um, a shepherd looks at Psalm 23 mm-hmm. um, book. Totally change. You know, that's a spiritual answer. But definitely, Sorry. yeah, shepherd looks in that what's called. Yeah, shepherd looks shepherd at Psalm 23, 23 is mm-hmm. like the oh, a, a yeah, whole, it's a game changer. Oh, game changer okay. for yeah. And then I'm trying to think like. Uh, most recent thing oh, I read was say, probably Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. I was going to say yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> and we're reading, we read chapter books with the boys. And so we're like reliving our childhood, like favorites. 
Yeah. And so like, you know, Wizard of Oz, we finished and, you know, so like we're reading these, we just got Charlotte's Web in. And so I felt like I'm like my fourth grade living, you know, reading the chapter books with the kids, but I would definitely say probably Harry Potter yeah. is probably some of our favorite. Yeah. That's fun. All right. So what do you enjoy? What do you guys enjoy doing in your free time? Free time? What's yeah, that? <laughs> you define what that is. The yeah. Sleeping is what uh, they sleep. do. Nap, yeah. nap. Right. No, uh, I love music. So mm-hmm. I love to get the guitar out, the ukulele out and, and play and sing and, and just do things like that. Or that or outside, just sports and yeah. playing with outside. But to say, dad, uh, dad here has become like we're deacons five but we're we're in our first official like football league yay ball so practices have started and so that's pretty hardcore around here right now it's like we went from like little kid world to like big boy world it Mm -hmm. seems like overnight it's like testosterone has invaded the cooper household yeah Yeah, it feels like i'm living in a boy's locker room i've embraced (laughs) it already um yeah. Um, and I would say for me, anything outside saying we love being outside, we love camping. So mm-hmm. we really enjoy I grew up camping and some of my favorite mem- and the boys love it. And so it's just funny that we talk about not sleeping much. And then like our idea of fun is to go sleep all in the oh, same little tray. Like, who thinks yeah. that that's fun? Like, we don't <laughs> sleep for three days. But we eat a lot of fun food. And um, I just enjoy being creative and yeah, things like fun. that yeah. yeah what is something I, you know they probably people follow might follow you on uh on social media or have met you in person but what is something that people often get wrong about you Ooh, question they both if the, for those of you who cannot yeah. or, or yeah. They're both nobody can the see left. them but they're both nobody staring, they're both staring i don't know if it's get wrong about me people are very curious about my hair my hair is super curly I yeah like, i don't own a brush I'm not answer, we might could answer this for each other because there we know, go that might be better i don't even know well Maybe this is just that Morgan's personality, not necessarily has changed over the years, but Morgan always was the life. She was the life of the party. Mm. And I'm a fun girl. She is, and she still is a fun girl, but not a lot of people see the, uh, mm. just the, the more introverted side yeah. of her. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and that's when I think I see more of, of who, who she really is. Well, I think people, I, I think I've realized like I'm as extroverted as I am only because I value my introverted time. Mm-hmm. And I've never, <laughs> I've never thought of it that way, but it's very true. Like I'm only that because I really value introverted And recharge. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't what would you say about me? I don't know. Oh, All right. Well, we're going to let you guys off the hook. My life is an open book, Reba. I, I, I don't. What you see is what you get. All right, we're going to let you off the hook on this one. But that was, that's what I would have said about Morgan was that people always thought she was probably happy all the time. And that's just not true. But, you know, you hardly ever see her that she's not upbeat. So, um, so I, that, I, that was a good one. All right. So here, here's, here, we'll give you an easier one, maybe. All right. What's your favorite movie? <gasps> Oh, I love You Got Mail. Okay. You uh, Got Mail. I love it. No, I'm only saying that because my Good. birthday is September yeah. 
and I watch it every September, the school supplies and the leave start and all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay. either that or I'm going to have to say like Toy Story or Cars because no, that's all. Okay. <laughs> Jared, redeem us from this situation here. No, go ahead. So I, I, I'm more of a, I like series. So, you know, okay. I read, you know, The Hobbit and I read The Lord of the Rings and I read Harry Potter and, but I, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm, you know, okay. I, I had, there was a night not too long ago when she was going to be gone. I was like, oh, I have time to watch something. I might get the Lord of the Rings out, but I was like, no, wow. I have time for that. That's just too long. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I do love, when I have the time, I do love to sit down and watch those movies. That's, okay. That's okay. good. Okay, you've sat down with your favorite movie. What would be your favorite meal to go along with that? What do y'all like to eat? You've been in so many countries. It could be. Well, Favorite I will say Kate, for listeners who do not know, we moved back home a year ago, a little over a year ago, as far as where we both grew up, we've lived mm -hmm. away for 16 years. Then we moved back here to home. So what's funny is like, as far as now, like a place that we would go to on dates and all the things, there's this like little local Italian place here and they have like the best ravioli. Mm -hmm. And like anybody that's known me around here for the last, whatever like it is my favorite go-to every time I would come home for the weekend I would get that ravioli that's probably like my favorite mm. or there's like guacamole and chips and then there's yeah queso and cinnamon <laughs> on and on yeah but, yeah <laughs> man I my answer always has you you know chicken casserole there was a chicken casserole mm. that my mom made growing up and and now morgan has that recipe and she fixes it oh very that's dangerous did you it ask her very dangerous it well, the danger, yeah the danger jared did you ask morgan <laughs> to get the recipe from your mother no, 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 no. Okay, because I was going to do some marital counseling. But of course, the recipe is like <laughs> a little bit of this, a little yeah. bit of that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, no, my, that's my mom's. Something that we yeah. had recently that I was like, man, this was so good. We, we grilled hamburgers oh, yeah. and, and Morgan's potato salad, which, which again is my mom's recipe for. Uh, okay. Maybe that's that okay. was We're good. Thing. But, man, but Morgan fixes it the way that I like it better than mom did. No offense, mom. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was, oh, it was, it was good. so good. It was very good. It was so good. Yeah. All right. As parents of young, oh yeah. What is on your nightstand? Oh, uh, probably loaded up with, with boy stuff. I actually well, have, I have books on my nightstand. Mm -hmm. Jared keeps a bit. He doesn't keep anything on his nightstand. No. He's very like, put things away. Nothing's beside the bed before he lays down. I have um two homeschool books right now that i'm reading mm -hmm. and i have a, a journal a gratitude like a little journal where i just i try to write down one thing every day and it started out years ago as like a gratitude journal um but it's turned into um the deacon and silas like quote or journal or <laughs> yeah. or what they did or what Funny they said like every day yeah. i'm writing down one thing that somebody said or did that i just want to remember but um that's what that's awesome that's awesome. Okay, so give us this. What's a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy? Oh, that's a great question. My, and especially as I go back to school next week, um, one of the things that I look forward to and they look forward to is uh, when I come in uh, from being at school that one of the first thing, and Silas, if you know Silas, he, he he's limited limited vocabulary but he does have a few words but one of the first things he says when he sees me is jump 
Mm. And uh, so I know that he wants to go out and jump on the trampoline. So mm-hmm. we and Deacon and, and Silas go out to the trampoline and we will usually be out there for 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is incredibly exhausting. Uh, it's just cardio. Yeah, to, to jump on the trampoline. I, I have to take lots of breaks, but uh, <laughs> goodness gracious, it, it's always you know, you look forward to seeing the kids' faces, you know, and they're yeah. excited to see you. And and so that's that's great. But just that, you know, they want to spend time with me when I get home and, and I look forward to that. And that's usually when I'm prepping dinner. So it works yeah. out really well as far as like the timing. And I and it's so funny that you said that because I was gonna say um sitting down at the table every night for dinner. Um because there were many table conversations Jerry and I have had over the years and thinking about what our kitchen table would look like, like mm-hmm. what it would look like for people to sit around our kitchen table. Um, and again, with Silas and Deacon both um, having different approaches to like food and like Silas, he goes to, he, we have three different therapies we do a week, but one of them is feeding therapy. Um, so, so food and meals and all of that, they have a different approach to. And so when we all sit down at our round kitchen table, it's just like a beautiful representation of just being like, um, we're all in this together and no one's greater than or less than or behind or ahead or better. Or it's just a very sweet representation of us being together and, um, kind of, it's kind of like a huddle in the locker room. It feels like sometimes just conversations and, um, kind of like the small, we call them inch stones. A lot of inch stones have happened just around our kitchen table mm-hmm. of growth and conversation and trust. And so, yeah. That's great. So this might be similar, but what are you deeply grateful for? Mm. I tell you, moving back home, I did not realize what I was missing with uh, the community that God has surrounded us with here. Uh, I think I would be um, wrong to not mention that um, they they have accepted us with with open arms, and um, you know I, I am deeply grateful for just just as a man the men that he has surrounded me with that I can uh, be open and honest about the struggles that I'm dealing with, and, and as a father, as a husband, uh, and the encouragement that I get. Um, I, I joke with them, you know, when, when COVID hit and we were quarantining at home, like it didn't bother me cause I love to be home and mm-hmm. I enjoyed being around my boys and, and Morgan. And, uh, so then, but I didn't realize what I was missing with, with that community and that accountability and the relationship there. And so, uh, I, I am deeply grateful for, for that. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I was going to say a similar thing, um, grateful for, for, for community and, um, friends who, who have chosen the hard with us. Mm-hmm. So the, the hard for them may not be signing up to adopt, but to me, you choosing to support a family in the hard or like be a be okay to be in those like uncomfortable situations or circumstances. And, and yeah, not, it goes beyond as far as like, even the way our family looks, but because of, um, different, you know, languages or even Silas's differences. Um, when you expose your own family to that and your own children to that, you're allowing, you're opening it up for 
questions and conversations that you maybe didn't plan or know to have with your family. So when you, um, we say it this way with our, with our community, our friends, like, you know, when you purchase, you sign up and you purchase a front row ticket to the Cooper Crew show and you come and you sit on the front row and you're there and you're, and you're not leaving, even if it's, uncomfortable or not your favorite part, or, um, you don't understand, or it makes you feel a certain way about things, but you're there, you know, because you support us. Um, it, it, it means the absolute most. Um, and that is something that I'm extremely grateful for. And it keeps us very, um, cause we don't have to do this alone and it can be, it can feel sometimes isolating because our it's not like oh we became parents and now we can just I can just talk with all my mom friends about all the mom things no because all our mom my mom things are different than their mom things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so um again it kind of gives them an opportunity too to kind of increase their perspective Mm -hmm. um when it comes to even you know their parenting and how they you know, show friendship and support and serve others. So cool. All right. Well, we always end with the same question and we'll, we'll let you guys answer this uh, on your own here. We always end with this, but um, what keeps you deeply rooted? Uh, What keeps you solid? Because we know how important that is as you go through life. So we'll let you guys take turns in answering that question as we, as we close out the podcast. Go ahead. Sure. Um, and I, I mentioned this earlier as far as like, and I, I want to say this because I feel like I've been given the opportunity, um, surrounding yourself and setting yourself up to be influenced in a way that makes you better and braver. Um, and when I say that, that means like, for me, it is allowing myself to, to be discipled by the two of you over time zones and miles and Reba, you know, like you have discipled me for over a decade and, mm-hmm. and didn't even know it maybe most yeah. of the time specific, unless those random times I just was like, text you and, you know, I need to talk to you, you know, yeah. or whatever, <laughs> but we've yeah. never consistently shared the same physical space, mm-hmm. but just over, you know, um, just your ministry and how it's impacted mine. And so I would say by connecting and being strategic and intentional with and mindful of what you're influenced by and who um, you're allowing um, all the input to, to, to kind of what you're connected to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that means, like I said, um, when it comes to scripture, when it comes to that, making sure that, regardless that someone's not just fueling your feelings, but they're rooting you in truth. And, and I feel like that's, especially for my, I feel like I am in so many conversations about this on the daily, my age, the 10 year, my age and 10 years younger than me, as far as even the word influence and influencer and social media. And, um, it's just a powerful tool right now. And I would just say for me um, is what I allow myself to be influenced by and how it impacts and how I um, continue to make the choice and do the work to be, to be rooted deep 
in in truth. So influence for sure. Uh, The biggest motivation for me right now to continue pursuing the Lord uh, has honestly has been the, the, for a couple of reasons, about four or five instances or people that God has brought across my path to sit down and counsel with mm-hmm. um, just since we've just in the last, you know, few months. And uh, I, I'm sure that you can relate to this in a way, you know, it would be extremely hypocritical of me to, to counsel them in the truth of God's word. If I'm not pursuing it myself, mm-hmm. you know, and not that I have to be an expert or perfect in it because I'm not, but uh, I can't, I'm not in a place to share with them, you know, what God's word says and how they should respond to the situation they're dealing with. Uh, it motivates me to pursue him more so that I'm in a better place to, to talk to them. And, and then secondly, which kind of ties in with it, just how God has uh, knit us together with some wonderful community here that we've been able to even do that together mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, huddle together as men to, to help a, a struggling young man uh, and how even as we're really motivated in helping him and his struggle, that that has uh, encouraged us as well and, and, and pushed us closer to the Lord uh, in, in the midst of that. So that's been one of the greatest motivators here recently is just I'm thankful for the community that we have, like I said, and the opportunities that he's given us to, um, to share that with others who, who need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jared and Morgan, for uh, sharing your story and sharing a little bit um, about your boys. Um, you can follow them on uh, Instagram. They are the Cooper Crew. Um, and you can just see uh, see little snippets uh, of their life. And I think that's really good now that you now that they've been open and vulnerable with us. Um, and then you can kind of go back and and see all the pictures and 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 get a little bit of a, a more of a, a, a complete timeline of that. Because now I can go back. I, I mean, I promise you I will. I'll go back and kind of scroll through and be like, okay, this is, so this is what's happening. And so I think that's interesting, but also understanding what the backbone of their story has always been, mm-hmm. um, has always been, you know, Christ and, and his, and his redeeming love for us and his adoption of us into his family. And it's just so it's modeled so beautifully uh, with you guys. And so we're all weird here. And that's what, yeah. I think that's what's so exciting that God has created us all so uniquely. And, and so if you're listening today, thank you so much for just kind of joining in and listening and honoring their story by, by joining in and Jared and Morgan, we want to thank you guys for um, just for sharing and, yeah. uh, and then giving us some, some good tips on community and on intentionality and, and, and strategy when it comes to um, just living uh, and doing the hard things and um, and doing them in a holy way. Um, so thank you so much for today. And um, and I thank you for sharing um, how you have stayed rooted deep and we hope that everybody else is as well. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and Look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.